wholesome tongue is the tree of life. Yeah. But perverseness, any embraces the spirit. A fool despises his father's instruction, but he who receives correction is prudent. In the house of righteousness, there is much treasure, but in the, re in the revenue of the wicked is trouble. The lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the heart of the fool does not do so. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of upright is his delight. The way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but he loves him who follows righteousness. Harsh discipline is for him who forsakes the way, and he hates correction will die. Hell and destruction are before the Lord, so much more the hearts of sons of men. A scoffer does not love one who corrects him, nor will he go to the wise. A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, but the sorrow of the heart of the spirit is broken. The heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge, but the mouth of fools feed on foolishness. All the days of afflict, all the days of the afflicted are evil. But he who is of merry heart has continual peace. There is a little, there is a little with the fear of the Lord than a great treasure with trouble. Better is dinner of herbs where love is than fattened calves with hatred. A wrathful man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger allies contention. The way of a lazy man like a hedge of thorns. The way of upright is a highway. A wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish man despises his mother. Folly is to him who is destitute of discreetness, but a man of understanding walks upright. Without counsel, plans go away, but the multitude of counselors, they are established. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth. And the word spoken in due season, how good it is. Amen. The way of life went upward for the wise, but he may turn away from hell to know. The Lord has destroyed the house of the proud, but he will establish the boundary of the will. Thoughts of the wicked are abominations to the Lord, but the words of the pure are pleasant. He who is greedy for gain troubles his own house, but he who hates the bride will live. The heart of righteous studies how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours forth evil. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. The light of the eye rejoices in the heart, and a good report makes the bones healthy, and the ear that hears the rebuke of the light will abide among the wise. He who disdains destruction despises his own soul, but he who needs rebukes gets understanding. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. May God add a blessing to his red word and the word that will come in. Amen.
Mike Lopez and Smith, July the 17th, LCCI is having our first annual cookout. Amen. Pool party. Amen. And you don't want to miss it. You must RSVP. RSVP to me uh, directly via messenger or you can reach me at tcherry at lccionline.org or just respond in the messenger group whether or not you're coming and how many uh, you'll be bringing with you. So we need an exact number so we can adequately prepare for everyone that will be in attendance. Um, we will also be offering um, water baptism on that day. So if you would like to be a candidate for baptism also, you can reach me at tcherry at lccionline.org um, or you can just reach me via messenger.
realize how, how many people need socks? Uh-huh. Um, it's a lot of homeless people that just don't have socks and they end up with issues with their feet um, simply because they don't have uh, access to clean socks. So there are things that we can do here at Liberty that, um, yes, we, we, we might be small in number, but we're mega in heart. Amen. Yeah, we might Amen. be small in number, but mega in heart. So we want to make sure that we're giving back to the community. My, 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 my spiel with that always is this, and we're going to move forward with service, is that just because uh, you're a small church, uh, the, the thing about it is, if you are a church, you should have an impact no matter what community you're in. Amen? Amen. You, you should have some form of impact, some reason that people know, not just because of the preached word, because they can get that in a million and one places. But what is your church known for? Amen? I know here at Liberty, we said that the, the Bible has given us a mandate to set the captives free. We also love and embrace and grab hold of everybody. I, I don't care who you are. When you walk through this door, you are no longer a guest, but you're a family. Amen? So that's one of our mandates. Also, we want to make sure that we are reaching back with the community. Before the pandemic started, Pastor Lewis, we were out doing donuts and prayer. Amen? Simply Krispy Kreme donuts and let's pray. Uh, we also have reached out to the senior citizens home. I'm just giving people some a reason to sow into here. We were holding service two times a month at the senior citizens apartment complex. Yeah. Uh, we were feeding them. Amen? Amen. They get the word and get food. <laughs> they were getting fried chicken and getting a blessing. Right. So we got to make sure that we are in a place and continuously doing this even as we come out of the pandemic. I know some church gave out masks. Some church gives out free food. And we're going to get there. Amen? Amen. The, the vision is mega here. Uh, we're going to get there. Not mega just because we need numbers, but mega because we want to be impactful. Amen? And in order to do that, we have to uh, uh, we have to sow. Amen? Amen. So, uh, the Bible, so we're going to pray real quick and then we're going to we're going to get into some word. We're going to let we're going to let a little worship music play, but we're going to get into some word. It's an awesome time uh, for worship on today. Amen. Amen. So if our hearts and minds are full, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, God, for this offering. We ask right now, God, that it be used for the uplifting of your kingdom. God, we ask right now that you stretch every dollar that's given now. We ask right now that you uh, multiply a hundredfold, two hundredfold, three hundredfold, God, so that it can meet the needs of your kingdom assignment. We ask also, God, that to the giver, those who even have the heart to give, God, that you return to them a hundredfold of their heart's desire to give, oh God. We ask, God, that you meet their needs, that whether it's rent, whether it's income, whether it's supplies, whatever it may be, God, that, that, that is on their heart as they sow this seed. We ask, God, that you give unto them, oh God. And we know, God, what your word says. Give and it shall be given. Good measure. Press down. Shake it. Shall men give into your bosom. So we thank you, God, for all that you've done, for all that you're doing. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 This song that's in the background right now, I surrender all. That that's a fitting way that we're getting ready to go into worship. Um, it's been an amazing week, and as we prepare, I just want you to listen to a small portion of this song as we get ready for worship. Amen. Amen. Amen.
We don't do this for form, fashion, or show, whether it's myself bringing forth the word, whether it's Pastor Lewis. We don't do this for form, fashion, or show, but we do this as unto the Lord. God has placed a mandate on the, the entire body here at Liberty. And that mandate is simply to set the captives free, to preach a gospel that's life-changing, to preach a gospel that delivers folks, preach a gospel that heals folks, preach a gospel that is bearing of the marks of Christ. So God, as we prepare our hearts and minds for the word, we we just ask you right now, God, to show up and show out. We ask you, God, to have your way in this service, God, because somebody needs a word from you. Somebody needs deliverance. Somebody needs healing. Somebody needs ministering to. Somebody just simply needs to know that you are God and you've never left them nor forsaken them. So God, at this moment, I decrease that you might increase, God. Speak to me, speak by me, speak with me, and speak through me. So that lives can be changed, souls can be delivered. That you can get the glory and you can get the praise. I take no authority, I take no honor. Now God, hide this your servant behind the cross. So that your people will see none of me, but they will see all of thee. Use me, O oh God. Break me down and build me back up. For you are the potter, and I am the clay. It is in your son Jesus' name, the name that is above all other names, the name that has power. The name that changes lives. The name that causes. It causes healing. It causes revelation. It causes understanding. And in return, God, I give you all glory. I give you all honor. And I give you all praise. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Let's give God one hand of praise. Hallelujah. Lift up your Bibles because I'm excited about this word. Bible, cell phones, whatever you have, and repeat after me. Lord, I thank you that I have a Bible. It is my personal copy of God's purpose, God's plan, and God's design for my life. Therefore, I am a believer and not a doubter. I'm not just a hearer, but I'm also a doer. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Do me a favor real quick. I promise you, I'm going to try not to, to be before you long, but if you open up your Bibles to John the 11th chapter. John the 11th chapter. Looking at the first through the 44th verse. I'm going to try to read through this quickly because there is a word from the Lord. And it says this, reading from the New King James Version. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the 
the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the, anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sister said to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, his sickness is not unto death. Amen? But for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified. Now Jesus loved Mary. Hold on, give me one second. Uh, yeah, now, now Jesus loved Mary. I'm trying to get it so that it can come up on the, on the screen. Now Jesus loved Mary and her sister and Lazarus, so when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to, this, to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you and you are going there again. And Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walk in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke on his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking a rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sake that I was not there that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us go also that we may die with him. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb. How many? Four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away, and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, and, then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went out and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. I'm getting happy to preach this already. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come in the world. And when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called her sister Mary, saying, the teacher has come and is calling you. If you jump down real quick to the 38th verse, I'm not going to hold us too long with this. And then it says, then Jesus again 
groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Y'all don't understand how happy I am with this word right here. I'm trying to read the rest of the scripture so I can, so 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 we can preach this thing. But I need you to get this real quick. It, it says, Lazarus come forth, and he who had what died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with clothes. Jesus said to them, Loose him. And let him go. Somebody real quick turn to somebody and say, loose him and let him go. For a moment, I want to talk to you from this subject, preach to you from this topic, the caterpillar effects. Yeah, the, the, the caterpillar effects. See, this afternoon... As we gave, as we gather together to honor, yeah, let me let me get this straight. As we gather together to honor God in our set apart and sacred time of worship, I find myself believing even more that there have been a few of you who believe you're going through a process of uncomfortable transformation. Through a process during this time in your life where you really aren't sure which way God is taking you. But you know that you're going through a transformation and a transition. Do I have anybody that understands? For some of you, it may be the way your clothes don't fit like they used to. For some others, food doesn't taste the same anymore. There are those that may go a little deeper than that because you're feeling like your career path is headed nowhere fast and it feels as if you're slowly dying and you need something new yeah relationship wise it seems like nothing's happening and you're God and you're asking God you know my heart and you know my desire so why does it seem like what I want is taking so long and I'm dying for my promise to come to pass. Do I have anybody here that can testify that I'm in those pages right there? Because it also can be a spiritual feeling of emptiness, Pastor Lewis, and a void and you're asking yourself, God, what's happening in my life right now? See, it can be the place of feeling stagnant and unfulfilled right now. Do I have anybody that can honestly be truthful for a minute and say, God, I'm stagnant. I, I'm unfulfilled right now, God. I don't know what's going on with me. Church doesn't feel the same anymore. 
worship is getting repetitive. Yeah, I, I'm in this place where I love you, God, but what's happening with our relationship? I love the word and I'm having visions, but guess what? There is no movement. I'm, I'm, I'm coming down and, and I'm understanding that I see the optimism, but I can't catch the direction you have for me. I, I'm in your face, God. I feel like I'm suffocating, but dying on the inside. See, and see, the enemy tried to stop this word going because this word for today is going to get somebody set free. See, I'm here to talk to a few of you that don't know if you're on the verge of dying or experiencing a breakthrough, yeah, uh, in your life. I came to encourage you this afternoon and tell you that, get this, they are one in the same. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I need somebody to grab hold of that, that while you're feeling like you're dying, God is setting you up for your breakthrough. Yeah, I, I need you to understand that your elevation has to first start with your death. Uh, uh, yeah, somebody not happy about that. See, our biblical text this afternoon puts us in a peculiar situation. One not seen anywhere in the text of the New Testament. Get this, Jesus does not come immediately when he hears Lazarus is sick and dying. Wow. Mm -hmm. That right there should, should spark an interest in this story because so many times do someone come to Jesus and say, Jesus, my dying. Jesus, uh, my, my, my servant is dying. Jesus even walked past the woman who was burying her son and reached in the coffin and said, arise. So we see Jesus on a constant mission of saving folks in their desperate need. But in this text in John, Kevin, we, we, we see Jesus not coming. How many people can honestly say that that you know uh, that 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 Jesus is not coming? This text is intriguing to say the, the least because first it identifies Lazarus as someone is not someone without relationship. Yeah, this text does not just say that Lazarus was everyday Joe Blow. Lazarus was somebody that did not know Christ. Matter of fact, the text tells us that he is the son of Mary. Yeah. He, I mean, he's the brother of Mary. And matter of fact, who is Mary? Not Mary, his mother, but Mary, the woman who anointed and washed Jesus' feet with her hair. Mary, the one who sits at Jesus' feet while Martha served the man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, in that respect, uh, most people would say that alone should have brought Jesus to Lazarus before he died. Simply because of the dedication that Mary had with him. But not only that, but the text today tells us that Jesus loved Lazarus. So in other words, he had relationship and Jesus knew him. But let me ask you this. Do I have anybody that can relate to this today? You've been going through your challenges. You've been going through your ups and downs. You've been on the verge of giving up and you're crying, asking God, I need 
to hear, I need you to heal me, God, and yet you do not hear a response. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you say to yourself, Lord, why aren't you answering my call? If I could be called for a minute, Pastor Lou, it reminds me of an old new edition song that says, Mr. Telephone Man, there's something wrong with my life. When I dial my Get This Savior's number, I get a click. Every time, yeah. Yeah, anybody ever feel like they're in that place in their life? They've been in that place in their life that you're going through, but it seems like God is not answering. It seems like you pick up the phone, you're on your knees praying, and you're saying, God, are you going to get me out of this place? Amen. But unknown to you, on the other end, God is in heaven with Jesus saying, Get this, like verse number four, this sickness is not unto death, but it's for the glory of God, that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. See, I came to declare to at least 20 people online, and, and whatever we have sitting here, that your situation is not unto death. I, I came to preach this thing. I told you I've been happy about this thing for a minute, but that your situation and what you're going through is so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care where you're at right now, but I need you to know that your sickness and your healing is not unto death. But, but there's a purpose that God has for you going through this thing. And if we had a, and if we had a moment, we could praise for about 10 or 20 seconds right there because that really just set somebody free to know that your finances aren't going to kill you, to know that the person that left you is not going to kill you, to know that the lack of a job is not going to kill you, to know that your health is not going to kill you because Jesus said this sickness is not unto your death, but unto the glory of God. See, but that brings me to the real reason we are here today. And that's because many of you are in a caterpillar of death right now. See, get this, Annalise. One of the most amazing insects in the world is the caterpillar. Why? Because the caterpillar is born, uh, when the caterpillar is born, its purpose is simply to prepare itself to die. Mm -hmm. That just missed about 10 of y'all real quick. The purpose is to prepare itself to die, yet you do not see the caterpillar, Deaconess Tansy, trying to repurpose itself. You do not see the caterpillar deciding that it's not my place to die. You do not see the caterpillar in a position or in a place where it says, no, I don't want to be a caterpillar today. I want to jump up and be a tiger. No, the caterpillar knows that it has a purpose and it has an assignment to get to a place to die. Wow. My first point today is simply this. You gotta embrace your journey. Yeah, you gotta embrace your journey. See, the caterpillar from the moment it's born has one of the harshest lies uh, um, imaginable. 
It comes out instinctually hungry, but in danger. In danger of the prey that wants to eat it. In danger of the people that don't see it and step on it. In danger, Pastor Lewis, of the people that do see it, but like many of us as children, want to step on it and see the green blood ooze from out of it. Yeah, we, we, we got people that get a kick out of stepping on caterpillars. We, we Not because they see the value of the caterpillar, but they want to see how it squirms. They, they want to see, Kevin, what comes out of it. Do I have any young men here? Or do I have any men here who back in the day wanted to pull the caterpillars apart? Yeah, you chased after the caterpillar. You, 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 you wanted to see if you could step on it and kill it. But the caterpillar, from the moment that it's born, has a hunger to chase after food. It has a hunger to get to a certain place. But yet the presses, but yet the caterpillar presses to fulfill its instinctual mandate. Mm -hmm. In spite of the danger. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a lot of you and I, we are born into this chaotic world and yet we know God is calling us to higher. You know, I have about three people that can lift up your hands and say, I know God is calling me to higher. Yeah. But get this, we deal with the enemy that preys on our weakness. Yeah, we deal with the enemy of our soul. We deal with the, ser with the serpent. We deal with the one that says he roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. We deal with this one who is the enemy that wants to pray on our weakness. Yeah, when you're in a place, in a position when you're vulnerable, is it crazy or not that the enemy comes in with something that you can't overtake? But the enemy wants to deal with you because he knows your weakness. See, we deal with people that don't see us or our value and constantly step on us. Yeah, y'all yeah, give me about 10 more minutes. You, 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 did you hear what I just said? There are people in your life that don't see any value in you, but they constantly want to step on you. Yeah, I don't care if it's family members. I don't care if it's friends. Yeah, I said it correct. I don't care if it's fair weather friends. I don't care if they've been with you. You ever notice how certain people in your life always seem to step on you when you're trying to come up just to remind you who you used to be? They try to put you back in a box because they don't want you to feel like you arrived like they've arrived. Do I have anybody here who has been dealing with and going through the caterpillar effect. We have people that do see us but get a kick out of making life miserable for us. All because they want to see us bleed. Yeah, back in the day, you, you you ever ran into that person that was bigger than you, that, that that simply wanted to knock you over, that simply wanted to kick you while you was down, simply because they got a joy out of seeing you cry and bleed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm looking for about 100 people online that, that like the caterpillar, has the instinctual mandate to keep pressing. This caterpillar, if you've ever 
seen a caterpillar, no matter whether it's a bird chasing them, no matter whether it's us trying to step on them, this caterpillar, Pastor Lewis, keeps moving. It, it, it does not be concerned itself with the direction. It does not concern itself with the danger, but it knows it has to get to its food source. It knows it has to get to a place where get this, it's going to die. But he doesn't want to die, or she doesn't want to die at the hand of the world. Yeah. See, get this, the caterpillar is on a journey to eat and feed itself for a reason it does not know yet. See, are you are on this journey in life in order to feed yourself what God has called you to. The Bible puts it like this. Taste and see, Deaconess Tansy, that the Lord is good. There's a diet that God is trying to prescribe for you that you have to realize is going to put you in a position to get this done. Many of you don't know why you have the interest in what you have an interest in. Many of you don't know why you want to learn more and more about a certain thing. But the fact of the matter is that God is feeding you a diet so that when you die of your, uh, your spiritual death, when you're reborn, that thing that you've been eating, that thing that you've been ingesting, that thing that you feel like God has placed in your heart as a gift can get ready to show up and show out. I'm getting ready to help somebody real quick. But at the core of it all, God is feeding you a diet that you'll need for later. Somebody say, I'm eating for later. I'm eating for later. So while you're in this place of eating, enjoy the process. Enjoy the journey. Don't rush too fast to finish eating. Because if you rush too fast, Kevin, you're going to get indigestion. Yeah, so you got to embrace your journey. Somebody say, I got to embrace my journey. You got to embrace my journey. Now, 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 the next thing is that, that, that you you might get mad at me for this because uh, while you might, while I might be saying, Pastor, because uh, at a set time, at a set place, you have to begin the process of dying. Mm. What you mean? My second point is this: the death has to happen. Mm. For most people, you've never known. That caterpillars don't have a very long lifespan. The reality is that from birth to death is only seven days. Wow, my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm going to leave that seven number there for you. From birth to death is only seven days, but in those seven days, it eats as if it's going to die. See, the caterpillar, unbeknownst to us, Liberty, like us here at Liberty, has prophetic knowledge that it has to die in order to live. Yeah, in other words, it knows that if it tries to remain the same, its life is in vain. Wow. 
Its purpose will never be fulfilled. Its struggle would have been irrelevant. You got to understand that this caterpillar knows that I cannot stay where I'm at longer than my supposed time. And at some point in time, I'm still going to die. So while I'm in this process, let me eat what I can. Let me get fat off of the land. Let me get fat off of what I'm supposed to get fat off of. Because when I die, I know it's in order for me to live. See, get this. Its struggle would not have been irrelevant. And yet this is gift would be of no use. Too many of us have gifts that we've held on into our last state. And our gifts are no good in our last state. Because we won't allow ourselves to go through our spiritual death. We won't allow ourselves to shed off the things that's been holding us back. We want to hold on to clothes because they look good from the 80s. Not realizing that in 2020, I need a new wardrobe. And we got to realize that I got to allow myself to die in order to live. Somebody say, I got to die. I got to die. I got to die. I got to die. See, I, I'm getting ready to put this together. See, Jesus in our text sees Lazarus from an altitude. I got to hear myself real quick. See, you got to realize this. I'm going to go back real quick. Is survival is purpose to get it to a place and die. Not only that, it does not get ahead of itself because it sees visions of something from an altitude it's incapable of realizing. It does not get ahead of itself because it's incapable of reaching that place in its current state. See, you gotta realize a caterpillar is designed to crawl on the ground, to crawl up branches. But I believe prophetically that while that caterpillar is crawling on branches, Pastor Lewis, it's getting visions of what it looks like as a butterfly. But the thing about the caterpillar is that it won't get ahead of itself trying to fly when it has no wings. Yeah, somebody just missed that because that would have shook them. I'll tell y'all real quick. The caterpillar may have had prophetic knowledge of who God has called him to be, but he knows he does not have the material or the, uh, or the experience to take flight like that. So sometimes, too often, do we want to be a butterfly and miss the process as a caterpillar. See, Jesus in our text sees Lazarus from an altitude we cannot comprehend. Jesus loves him, but he knows he can't go to him soon because it will be seen as just a normal healing, which the people have already seen him do. He had to allow Lazarus to die and be put in the tomb this time in order to supersede things he had already done. So he stays where he was for two more days. And then says, let's go to Judah, Judea. I looked up this definition of Judea. I know we know the definition of Judah, the city of praise. But Judea means, get this, the praised one. <laughs> so Jesus. 
Jesus had to journey to the place that's called the praise one to bring back to life something that had been dead longer than Jewish custom decided. See, in verse number 11, he says, our friend sleeps when I go to wake him up. It's amazing because the disciples think that he's only asleep and believes it's a good thing if he's sick to be asleep. Truthfully saying, Pastor Lewis, because we all know that if I'm asleep, my body's healing properties are working. When you're sick, the best thing for you to do is rest. Your blood cells fight against the sickness. Your blood cells fight against the infection. So if I'm sleeping, I'm healed. Somebody just missed what I just said. Yeah, but see, it's best to fight your sickness when you're sleeping. But spiritually speaking, can I tell somebody that when you die in Christ, you get the best healing available. Yeah, Jesus said that Lazarus was sleeping. Yeah, but Jesus knew that Lazarus had already died. But but matter of fact, you just don't get healed, get healed when you die in Christ. Get this, you look brand new, Annalise. And when, when you die in Christ, you don't just look brand new, you feel brand new. When you, when you die in Christ, Kevin, you don't just look brand new, feel brand new, but guess what? You are brand new. So Jesus tells them, no, Lazarus is dead. Now back to the caterpillar as I tie this together. Around the sixth day of a caterpillar's life, the caterpillar finds a place for its death. And it builds a cocoon using a secretion from itself. All that eating of leaves is what produces the material for its tomb. And it only takes hours, if that, to be fully wrapped to die in its tomb. It dies inside there, and how do I know if you ever opened up a cocoon, if you ever decided to play with a cocoon as a child and you opened it up, it's a liquid on the inside of it. I'm about to tie this thing together real quick. And if you ever smelled that liquid, Pastor Lewis, that liquid has a stench. Yeah, and, and if you understand, that is an identifying marker that it has no life. See, it takes another seven days once this caterpillar wraps itself in a cocoon and it dies inside the cocoon to see what death can bring. Somebody just missed that part right there. Can I tell you, some of you today are in your seven days of cocooning. Yes, yeah, some and so stop trying to open up your cocoon too soon because you will not be able to handle the exposure. Even in our text, Lazarus has been in the tomb for four days. Why? Because Jesus knew that Jewish custom said a person was truly dead after three days. So Jesus approaches the tomb in the 39th verse and says, take away the stone. But get this, Martha said. 
said to him, not knowing what was taking place, she said, by now there's a stench inside the tomb. The stench meant he was dead. But Jesus responds and says this, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. I'm going to give you about three more minutes. See, nobody believed that the caterpillar as ugly and as yucky as it looks could ever die in a cocoon and in the process of death become a completely different new creature. Uh, Deaconess says, I need you to get me a white sheet. I, I need, because I need somebody to understand this. See, while, the, while in the cocoon, it has the instinctual ability to become, to become something brand new. I need somebody for a minute to come here for me. Kevin, I need you. Or Annalise, one of y'all come here because I need you to see this. This, this caterpillar, uh, Pastor Lewis, come help me for a second. This caterpillar begins to take it like this. Hold this for me. The caterpillar begins to take it, take the cocoon and begins to wrap it around. It begins to, to, to embody itself all around until there is no way to move. And what I need you to understand, that while in the cocoon and in the forming of the new thing, that this caterpillar has to begin to stretch. This caterpillar has to begin to move its arms so that the blood can and what happens in the cocoon, it makes sure that it's protected. While it looks like it's dead, while it looks like it can't be found, the process is changing in the cocoon. In the cocoon. But do I have anybody here who's ready to embrace their cocoon season? Because while you're in the cocoon, I dare you begin to start to stretch your body. I dare you begin to start to stretch your arms and you'll begin to come like you're brand new. And this time when you're coming out, you're not coming out as a, as a caterpillar. You're coming out as a butterfly. See, while in the cocoon, it has the ability to become something new. All the hell you're going through, you leave it in the cocoon. All the hell that you've been involved in in your life, it remains in the cocoon. Your transformation and transfiguration is not going to take what you used to see things from. Matter of fact, what it's going to do is begin to show you something different. Jesus says it like this in the 42nd, in the 40, the 41st, in the 32nd verse. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they will believe that you sent me. Jesus cried this with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. When the time is right, the shell of your cocoon breaks. And what comes out of the cocoon is not what went into the cocoon. Everything that you that has led you back 
Jesus declared in the 44th verse, loose it and let it go. Here, somebody missed that right there. Because when Jesus called Lazarus out the tomb, yet Lazarus was still wrapped up in this burial clothing. But Jesus commanded them to do what? Loose him and let him go. I came to talk to about 20 people right now that God is calling you into a season where he's saying loose him and let him go. You've been holding my child too long. You've been keeping them in bondage for far too long. You've been doing what I did not command you to do. But what I am commanding you to do is to loose them and let him go. Let him go. Be who he called to be. Let her never before. But for too long your vision has been that of a caterpillar. And as you come out today, Liberty, God is declaring, loose them and let them go. It's time you stop allowing your flight to be obstructed because you've been operating as a caterpillar in a butterfly body. God is calling about 500 people that's going to listen to this, to stop being scared to fly. Stop being your wings. Stop being afraid of your haters because what you look like right now is something that God created with wings of angels with a print on it that no man can match. What God is calling you from your caterpillar effect is into your butterfly moment. I'm telling you that your flight and your altitude as a butterfly, you'll begin to see things different. Dare somebody to look at themselves and see the beauty you've become. Because God is calling you to see clearly now because you're flying. That's my third point. I can see clearly now because I'm flying. See, while you were a caterpillar, you looked up at the heavens and said, I wish I could be there. But after your death and your resurrection, you came out and you don't have to wish to be there, Pastor Lewis. Your wings open up and guess what? You take flight. If you've ever seen a caterpillar, its problems are not the same problems of a caterpillar. Yes, the caterpillar can get stepped on, but when somebody comes to step on the butterfly, it can simply take flight. Yeah, your vision changes when you can take flight. No, you can't hurt me the way that you used to. I'm taking flight. Enemy, you can't fight me the way that you used to because I don't even look like who I used to be. Matter of fact, I'm not who I used to be. When I went into my cocoon, you thought I was going to stay the same, but my caterpillar effect turned me into a butterfly. And the way I look at the Because once you die, who comes out 
of your cocoon? Who comes out when you're dipped in the water and you're brought back up? Who comes out of your tomb? Experience is not the same person. I don't care if you got the same face structure, but your eyes are a little bit brighter. Your, your wings are a little bit more beautiful. Your body, see a caterpillar goes from being a long thing to being short and beautiful. And God said, I'm dealing with your caterpillar moment right now. It does not deal with the problem of a Thank you. 
that Jesus spoke to his disciples and said, do this in remembrance of me. Have a wonderful day and be blessed. Go in peace. Amen.